Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So today, I'm actually with Bob Worley again. He's a Christian apologist from Bishop California. He's an incredible guy who has lots of knowledge on the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, also known as the Watchtower Organization. Today, we're going to be talking a lot more about how to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. Last time, we heard about what Jehovah's Witnesses were, what the organization um, is, who founded it, and really what are their core beliefs that are different than Christianity and what the Bible teaches. So again, today we're going to be covering about how to talk to Jehovah's Witnesses because it can be difficult because a lot of us speak Christianese. So without further ado, I'm going to invite my friend Bob Worley onto the show. How you doing, Bob? Doing great. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me back. That's great to have you back, Bob. It was a great show last time. So I know a lot of there are people out there who want to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm just going to dive into this. And they have family, or they have friends, or they have coworkers who are part of the Watchtower organization. And they may know the history of Jehovah's Witnesses. And you probably have listened to the last broadcast that I did with you and gained even more insight. But knowing how to be able to have these kind of conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses can be very difficult because they say one thing, and we're all speak, almost saying the same thing, like they'll say Jesus or the Holy Spirit well, to say anything in particular, but realistically, we're having two different definitions of what's being said. So how you've had a lot of experience in this. How do you go about witnessing to a Jehovah's Witness? Well, it's taken many years to get to this point. And I started out uh, with with dealing with them on false prophecies and and uh, different subjects like war and uh, whatever. And uh, you know, I would go to the kingdom halls and, and talk to them. And, you know, after realizing the main issue is salvation, we're the children of God. We have had the experience of uh, John chapter three of being born again. We're the children of God, uh, Romans chapter eight. We should be the ones that uh, can share this uh, with all others. And so I had to learn how a Jehovah's Witness thinks and how they're trained and how loyal they are to the organization. For example, if somebody said something about Jehovah, you know, their Jehovah, it's not uh, that big of a deal to them. But if somebody says something about the organization, you've just touched the apple of their eye. So uh, I avoid dealing with the organization uh, that's a, a secondary issue for me, but I, you have to know how the organization has actually uh, trained them with that uh, their salvation is through how they treat their anointed, their leadership class. And that, that's the uh, final uh, you know, decision on if they get eternal life on planet Earth or not. And that only the, their leaders of the 144,000 are born again, spirit begotten. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have to know that if uh, what the word of God compared to what they say, and they believe for the average Jehovah's Witness, the great cloud, uh, crowd class that here's here on earth, they believe the Bible's not written to them. And the Bible should be the authority of the Christian, not, uh, uh, you know, tricky little arguments and, and being the apologetics just to get, you know, have that get you moment. But right. to really be concerned about their salvation and how you approach them. And, you, you know, you, I, I have heard, and this, this is upsetting to me, I've heard many times uh, that people tell me, well, Jehovah's Witnesses came uh, to their house and they'll never come back again. You know, they're kind of puffed up, like, you know, they beat them so bad, right? Right. That's, <laughs> that's not what, you know, the result we want. I want them to keep, keep coming back and keep coming mm -hmm. back because every time that they come to my house, they get another point. They get another uh, verse. 
And, you know, sometimes they get mad and they stomp out, but most of the time, right, uh, they go away and they're thinking. And once the witness is thinking about what you said, they could be on their way out. And so uh, I'll just put it uh, to you this way. We have to prepare ourselves. And so I see so many people that are going out on the street, you know, apologists, and saying, yeah, I really, you know, twisted those witnesses up, and I did this, and I did that. Well, in First Peter 3.15, it says, but uh, sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, uh, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Right. And, you know, there they're talking about somebody asking you a question. Well, if they're going to come to my house uh, and they're going to ask a question, like, have you ever had a Bible study before this or that? Well, I'm going to give them the answer uh, that is the most important answer. And that is how to be saved through the word of God. So my first question to him uh, is, what must a man do to be saved, right? That's actually a really good question. Right, because it's the question of the ages. And and as you know, uh, the different cults and and different Protestant religions that uh, have gone astray, you know, they have this, uh, you know, works type of environment uh, and... And it's, it's not what the Word of God says. If you read Galatians chapter 1, you know, Paul is not happy with the Galatians. Because just because of the issue of, you know, circumcision or whatever there, or today it would be like baptism, regeneration. So all these groups have, uh, have a, a, a little, they sound good maybe at certain points. But when you get down to it, it's empty. It's 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 a way to destruction. In Second uh, Corinthians eleven fourteen, and it says, uh, uh, "And no wonder, uh, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light." And what that's talking about is the uh, false apostles and deceitful workers that are out there. So these people come; they look sharp, and you know. Uh, they they seem nice, uh, uh, pleasant people at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing, and people have a hard time believing that. I, I have a, a lot of times I have problems with the Christians. It says, well, they're so nice. Right. I said, well, did you share with them? Well, no, I didn't want to offend them, you know. Yeah, I've come across that a lot before where people can be offended by it. One of the things I, I was thinking about while you were talking about this and my personal experiences and people I know who've gone through this is whenever I've talked to a Jehovah's Witness, one of the, and, and it leads on to other religions, but we'll stick to the Jehovah's Witness part, is one, their denial that Jesus Christ is God. They, when I've encountered them, I've talked to them, I've said it numerous times, you know, about, oh, Jesus Christ is God. And they go, well, where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? And I remember hearing about this long a while back ago from Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa when Pastor Brian Burson was discussing about a sermon he gave off about Jesus being God. And he remember one time he was telling the, telling the story about how um, he was very sick um, and it was affecting his memory and whatnot. Two Jehovah's Witnesses come to his door and they start telling him about how Jesus Christ is not God. And so he starts thinking maybe he isn't God. And his wife comes home and goes... What happened, he explains the situation out, and she uh, she basically says, you need to go back and research this because, you know, you're not. this is not acceptable. This is not, you know, you know Christ is God, that Jesus Christ is God. And um, Pastor Brian goes back and researches and does an amazing sermon on it. But I think the main point is that there are Jehovah's Witnesses out there who believe that Jesus Christ never claimed to be God because they're looking for the words, I am God, worship me. However, you and I both know, Bob, that the Bible does not say that Jesus declares right in front of somebody, he does not use the exact words, I am God, worship me. In fact, he has many different ways of showing, of one, showing he is God, and second, saying that he is God. Um, maybe you can highlight some more on this. 
you know, the uh, word of God uh, says that no one uh, can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, therefore, uh, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, some of your 1800 uh, Jewish uh, Hebrew text that even the, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses actually refer to uh, for their justification of changing Lord to Jehovah in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. They leave this one out because it says no one can call Jesus Yahweh except by the Holy Spirit. No one can now, call that's an interesting point I'm going to bring up. Yahweh is actually what, isn't that what they said in the book of Exodus when Moses meets God? Um, at the burning bush before he is sent to Egypt, right? That he um, says, I'm, Moses tells, uh, tells God in the burning bush, I'm going to go to the elders of Egypt and they're going to ask, who the heck sent you? And what name do I give that says that I was sent by you? And he goes, tell, I am as I am. Um, tell them that I am, or Yahweh, you know, Jehovah Yahweh, is sent to you. And that's actually something interesting I found about in the Bible was when the, when the Pharisees are picking up stones to stone Jesus to death. And he says, what, by what good works have I done? And he goes, um, or, <laughs> you know, he's like, um, he says, you know, who do you say you are? Before Abraham and Isaac, I am, or Yahweh. Yes. And uh, it's interesting um... I'm going to say I, I spent a lot of time on the Trinity and and so forth. To me, it's uh, it, it's more than uh, uh, a, a doctrine that we hold. It, it is a relationship uh, doctrine. And that uh, in John um, chapter five, and I'm kind of looking for that right now. Let's see here. Uh, it says that uh, I think it's 38 and 39 says, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but you do not come to me, which the scriptures testify of. So what scriptures they have? The Old Testament. Mm -hmm. now, where am I going with that is when you talk about Exodus and, and the burning bush, is you got the uh, angel of the Lord there. An angel means messenger. So in the context, it could be an angelic being or it could be a uh, uh, it could be Jesus uh, communicating. For example, uh, look up the angel of the Lord, and you're going to find a number of times in, in the Old Testament that uh, that the angel of the Lord, uh, uh, you know, was called God. You know? mm -hmm. And then you look up the word of the Lord, and there's going to be a number of times, not always, but the number of times it's going to be the word show, showed up to Abram in a vision, Genesis 15. We don't capitalize the word because I don't think that they thought it through, but the word of the Lord, the word showed up in a vision and, uh, and Abraham called him God. Uh, so uh, as far as uh, sadly enough that, uh, you know, we all have our lazy streaks and, and so forth. The Trinity, the resurrection, Jehovah's Witnesses and a number of other groups uh, have been, uh, you know, something that I, I've desired to talk to my heart goes out to them and so forth. So not all the doctrines am I up on, but but the uh, de deity Christ is uh, one of them, and it's just never ending doctrine. And uh, so uh, you're right; a Christian can uh, go through those type of doubts, even a pastor. You know, at some point, if they are not well versed, now I what I did is I took the uh, the opposition. I got the Watchtower's material and other people's material against the Trinity, and I and and I said, okay, is this a valid argument? It, it, you know, when I went through hundreds of arguments, I read uh, virtually uh, a lot of scholars on John chapter one and John eight fifty eight, which you quoted there. Before Abraham came into existence, I am. Mm -hmm. So Jesus says, the I am statement. And then you go to Psalms 90, verse 2, and it says, Before the mountains existed, you are. So I am, 
you are in Hebrews, unless you believe he is, mm -hmm. right, you're going to die. So you've got uh, basically first, second, third person. Uh, I am, uh, you are, he is, and, uh, and you go through these statements. You look at the word of the Lord. You look at the angel of the Lord. Uh, you look at all the uh, that Jesus quotes that was him in the New Testament, and you go back to the Old Testament, and you're going to see Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, all caps in English, with Lord. And so, so when we're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses about their world belief and stuff, and we're talking and trying to have this kind of conversation with them, what's uh, some of the stuff that you've learned that they tried, that you could really just ask them in order to show them more about who Jesus Christ is? And really kind of, because when I've had these kind of conversations, I do usually dive into it, but you, sometimes I press too hard and where they get to the point of going like, well, I'm being harassed or whatever it is. How do you make it so you can have a conversation without them turning to saying something like I'm being harassed about this? Well, I have uh, actually uh, been in a number of uh, uh, engagements with Jehovah's Witnesses on the issue of the deity, Christ, and the Trinity. I mean, formal type things where we, you know, we had like uh, different uh, Christians and we showed up to a, a house and, and witnesses came to that house and we had rules of engagement and this and that and the other. And so I always go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 3, that no one can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And what I'm saying about that, Nick, is this is that I know of uh, uh, people who know a lot about the Bible, but when it comes to saying this Jesus Yahweh, they, they stop there. They can't see it. So that would be my next, that, you know, uh, bear with me for about a minute here on this. Okay. And, uh, man, this is great. In Acts uh, 26.18, it says, uh, it says, you know, they're going out and they're dealing with, with people to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You know, uh -huh. so so uh, so the point that uh, is coming is there's a kingdom of darkness and we're all born into that. That's called the uh, uh, born of the flesh. And so all of us are born of the flesh. You know, you'd have to be a nutcase to say, no, I, I, I don't have any flesh. I'm, I'm invisible, <laughs> right? Nutcase are in denial. <laughs> yeah, so, so what you're dealing here is spiritual warfare, right? And so you know, at a later time, we could go through Trinitarian arguments because they're always good to really uh, deal with that and know it. Uh, you know, don't don't avoid uh, because I'm telling you to how to witness dealing with the spiritual aspect of this uh, as far as the issue of salvation does not, you know, should not relieve anybody. Say, oh, <laughs> good. I don't have to talk about the Trinity because uh, lovingly you can share uh, a few verses with them. And there's ways of doing that. Now, I'm going to, another verse here, Colossians 1.13, uh, talking about Christ, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. And the Greek verb there, uh, transferred us, uh, reflects back to God. So it would read, if you expand it out, he delivered us from the, he delivered for himself us from the dominion of darkness and transferred uh, for us for himself god did it for himself us to the kingdom of his beloved sign uh son so from the kingdom domain of the kingdom of darkness and transferred it to the kingdom of his uh beloved son the point being is here we got darkness and light flesh and spirit and if the Christian goes through and he, and he goes through all the texts that says flesh and, and uh, all the ones that say spirit and flesh and spirit and, and does a real in-depth study of that, boy, he's going to be loaded for bear as far as sharing that with Jehovah's Witness in love, right? Right. But, but the one thing, and I, I'm going to throw this out because the James 1.22 says, uh, but uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. 
And so, uh, you know, as Christians, um, I, I was at an event a while back and uh, a couple of Christians uh, were, were talking about uh, something that they're, they're into and it was from the occult. Uh-huh. Right? Now, right. That's Christians going to good churches, you know, or professing Christians going to good churches and so forth, but they're, they're, their eyes are blinded. I, they can't even see what they're doing as a cultic and so forth. And so on one of them, I'm going to be able to deal with, right? So so anyways, the point I'm saying is like, so for somebody like you, that uh, you actually uh, are a doer of the word. And, and I could tell that by our conversations that we do have is that uh, you're, 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 you got your sword ready and uh, the word of God and so forth. And we're having this this show you know well yeah and that's what i intended is to take and use as a sword and whatnot i also want to see about because other people have those difficult times where for you it's difficult to be able to go in front of a justice and being able to testify to them and to try to help them come to the light of jesus christ but on the other hand i can see where it can be very very difficult for other people to be able to do so and so that's why I'm saying is with all this information is how basically to proceed forward in talking to somebody who is a Jehovah's Witness. Because at one point they're going to, if you don't know the word of God very efficiently, then it becomes very easy for a Jehovah's Witness to go like if you say Jesus, Jesus, or you say things like creation or you're talking about salvation. They're going to, it's like the Mormon, they're going to be using the same exact language that you are, but it's going to mean completely different things according to you know, where they're coming from. And so that's why I go, okay, so how do we go about witnessing to them for someone who is very inexperienced towards it? How do we show them that, uh, that the Bible does teach that Jesus Christ is God? And on top of that, what is the Watchtower actually teaching them? And how do you combat that teaching with the Word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword? Yes, and that's... Uh... Uh, and and, and that you're saying a lot there, and it comes down to this: is that uh, let's say the Jehovah's Witness comes up to your door, and you don't know nothing, right? Uh, I don't want to say I got my own religion. Now I'm hoping that every Christian that's listening to that is grounded enough, right, that they cannot be swayed right. by the um, the snares of the devil. Second Timothy two twenty five through twenty six. Uh, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by them to do his will. And so the point I'm bringing out is this, is that uh, I look at the, well, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I want everybody to know this. The reason that uh, I God used it in my uh, life is back in 1985 that uh, I started working with a Jehovah's Witness became a very dear friend and uh, he drugged me on my face at work I mean and just wiped me out I didn't know anything right and uh, Christian since right. 1977 so and I've been out doing you know a lot of wit street witnessing and talking to people and stuff like that so I I came home and and I repented of that I just said Lord I you know I mean I was in tears you know and uh, so I took my Strong's Concordance back then and, and my Bible, and I went in my room for like three months, you know, every night when I got home, my wife walks in and says, you know, you got a child, you got a wife, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I'm glad you're into the Word of God, but you also got a family, right? And so, so yeah, uh, so anyways, uh, so I started, you know, taking, uh, you know, one issue at a, at a time, and Nick Really, the a key to this is using the Word of God properly. Like, for example, when uh, I call it the shotgun effect, I'll I'll go on a Jehovah's Witness uh, dialogue site on Facebook, and I'll I'll uh, put one verse, and before you know it, I got twenty witnesses with fifty verses. They're doing the shotgun effect. Well, you know, we could we could play tit for tat and sword fight all day. But it was the one verse that they're reacting to, right? And uh, right. 
what I'm saying is that you know people come up to Christ, he 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 quotes a verse or two, and 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 uh, and you know if God's dealing with somebody, that's going to convict him. But to overwhelm somebody with a hundred verses, what's going to happen is they're going to be overwhelmed. Now, I'm not saying God can't use that, but what I am saying is that's what I do when I go to the kingdom hall. And uh, if you ever, uh, by the way, when you come out uh, to Bishop the next time, if you're there on a Sunday and you want to, I'd love to take you to a kingdom hall. It's quite the experience. I would love to go, to be honest uh, with you. Be, that sounds really great. I've actually had the experience of what you're talking about, where I throw out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses at somebody. I mean, it's either been Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, or even a Catholic. And it overwhelms and whatnot. And I think one of the things important things for my followers, uh, people who are listening to understand is, you don't need to be that person who uh, throws out a hundred verses and blah, blah, fire, 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 fire. You're only going to get, and I, I agree with you, Bob, that the Lord can use that. That's true. But truthfully, most people are not that in-depth into the scriptures. And if you're firing verses off left, right, and center, eventually they're just going to shut down. And then when I get one or two verses out of like the 50, you throw at them. So I always encourage people to say, first of all, try just talking to them as regular people. When you're having these kind of conversations, listen to what they're talking about. And as um, Bob, as you point out, have like these rules of saying, okay, what, you know, if, if you feel uncomfortable, you let me know, we'll cool off a bit. We'll go do something else. We'll come back to the topic, whatever it may be. Um, but I think one of the biggest ones to do as well as an apologist and people who want to help witness to Jehovah's Witnesses or people who are in the occult, listen. Because if you're listening, they're going to be able to spew out everything that they believe in. And then you can kind of pick apart little pieces of it. I've come across before with my family being my uh, in-laws, being Catholic, and having to go, and I'm, I'm, this is a different topic, but... I've had it where my mother-in-law has talked about Mary being the queen of heaven and whatnot. And then it's kind of hard not to be like, well, the Bible says this, Bible says this, Bible says this, Bible says this, but she won't want to listen. And I know other people, including I've talked to people in the Jehovah's Witness who just don't want to listen. I think the other half of it also, Bob, is some people just don't want to listen. They want to go out, witness, do whatever they're going to do. And then if you start throwing Bible verses, they get scared. They go into their little cocoon and then, yeah, there's nothing else you can do when you kind of, well, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, there's once they put that shield up, uh, you know, it's a conversation over. And uh, I, I've had, uh, you know, I, I had set out one time. Uh, I had it was in uh, Redding, California. I get a Jehovah's Witness called me up, and he says, "Oh, I called a very large ministry," and and uh, he didn't say large ministry. I just happened to know the ministry, and. Um, they gave me your phone number and, and, you know, can I talk to you? And I said, well, yeah, you can talk to me, you know. And uh, he says, well, you know, I got kicked out of the witnesses and, and, and I want to know everything there is to know about it because I, 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 uh, they, got, they took my family away and I want to make sure that they suffer for it, right? Oh, <laughs> so I said, that's, that's, yeah, I've had that happen where I've heard people who have lost family members to this and, and then they want revenge, and I'm always, I've heard the same thing happen on this end, where I'm like, what do you know about him? I'm going to get him back, and the first thing I think is, first of all, revenge is not yours. Revenge is the Lord. Revenge is Jesus. That's God's. That's saith the Lord. That's not ours to take. And if, you know, if you do try to do something in vengeance, and for listeners listening, if you try to do something out of vengeance, there's two people who are going to hurt yourself and the other person. And then on top of that, there's going to be people you don't even know who you're going to be hurting. You got to take a step back, breathe, and and know it's difficult. Yeah, Bob, I've come across that before. Oh, it breaks my well, heart. Well, well said. I mean, I'm serious. Well said. Uh, well, I, I told the guy this. I said, you know, um, I'll teach you about Jehovah's Witness. Now, this guy was a lifelong Jehovah's Witness, and here I am going to teach him about Jehovah's Witnesses. But I said, uh, there's a catch to it. And he goes, what's that? I said, well, we're going to. We're going to study the Bible. We're going to go through the book of Romans. <laughs> and uh, Oh, my goes, goodness. No, I don't need any of that. And I said, well, then you don't need me. I said, if you, if you want vengeance, you know, that's that's up to you. It's going to destroy you. It's going to eat you alive. And I said, yeah. I can teach you what you're, you've been in, in uh, to for your whole life. 
but also you got to know the truth and there is a truth right so he kind of half-heartedly said okay i'll meet with you and and so so i took some documents i have a lot of documents the watchtower and uh you know show them uh really their demonic ways i should say and uh so i i show up and uh there's a woman there a very uh very beautiful um uh, 35 year old i think woman there and um and i i was a little shocked well i didn't know you're gonna bring somebody but i didn't care more the merrier you know and right i've told elders i said you get everybody in your congregation show up at my house and we'll have a discussion you know the, i mean the more the merrier so i started going through and Greek, their Greek uh, New Testament and showing them, uh, you know, that, you know, uh, it says, ask me anything in my name, in the name of Jesus, and I'll give it to you. And, and this lady's looking at it and she's taking notes. And then I told her, uh, you know, scriptures talking about, you know, to have the spirit of God, to be born again and uh, going through Romans and, and uh, you know, how we've fallen short and so forth. Now, I'm pretty much addressing the man, right? And so, and right. so uh, all of a sudden, this woman starts crying. And she goes, I've been a witness for 35 years, you know, and, and, uh, and this is what I've always wanted. And, uh, and she ends up becoming a Christian, right? Wow. And he stomps off into the, the night, and I just <laughs> Right. Well, I guess that's a win-ish. So the point, the point being, is that if you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness and you're eye to eye with him, and he's got a partner off to the side, you got to remember he's watching you and he's actually listening, right? Because he may be a trainee or he may be not not aggressive. And and I had a, a thing where I had five hour debate with two uh, two elders. And uh, I mean, it was kind of sad. The one elder wanted to choke me out at the end of it. The other elder, when uh, the one that wanted to choke me out started walking out of the house, the other elder grabbed all my uh, documents and stuck it in his briefcase. Now, he's wow. not allowed to do that, right? Don't know whatever happened to him, but I'm telling you, that is very unique. I've had it happen twice. Wait a second, Bob. Why aren't they allowed to take that and put that in their briefcase? Okay. This is a, a, the issue is that they're practicing a, a, a mind control, and people underestimate this every time. I go, uh, people, I, I went out on calls where, uh, you know, uh, a church would say, well, Bob Worley knows. Uh, so I go out and they say, well, my daughter's a Jehovah's Witness. What I just said, uh, so I show them some documents. I said, well, they're, they're, uh, they're being taught in a, a mind control type of setting. And and they say, Oh, not my kid, right? And then all of a sudden they lose that kid. You know. Right. That's that's how it always so, starts. Uh, I'll give you uh, and you may have these documents, I'd have to look because I sent you some documents. It says independent thinking is a sin. They actually publish that. It's 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 uh you're supposed to believe all things, all things the watchtower breaks out they say that's what the bible says when they mean leave all things <clears throat> all things the watchtower brings out in as much as they're you know giving the word of god and they've already convinced them that and so then they say that uh to listen or take literature from other people is equivalent to reading pornography what yes, yes. in fact yeah uh, yeah like Wow, that's that's a little uh, that escalated rather rapidly. Yes, it does. There's uh, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of documents out there I can share with you, but uh, basic. Oh my goodness! Basically, you're sitting at, at uh, the table with demons if you listen to other people's views uh, that are critical of Watchtower. So now they must be terrified of us because if they're demonizing us so badly, and anyone who shares the word of God, they must be absolutely freaking terrified. That someone like us will come and actually preach the word of God. Satan must be that scared. They must be that scared. Well, I, I'll give you, uh, as, as we're moving on here, I'm going to give you another example of something that happened to me. 
I get a call. I'm in. I live in Orange, California, and uh, this call was out. Uh, oh gosh, out in past the valley in Los Angeles. Uh, can't remember the city right now. Uh, but uh, so it's quite a drive for me, right? So I meet uh, with this this guy, and I'm going through with some documents, and I'm talking with him. He says, "Okay, I'll meet you once a week." So it was going to be every Saturday. So I go back the next Saturday and he has this big thug there that looked like he could rip my arm off and beat me to death with it. And uh, the big thug started insulting me and says that he doesn't want my trash there. And, and if I don't you know, leave, he's going to beat me up and, and all this stuff. Right. And, and I said, you know what? I said, uh, you know, I've been beaten up by smaller guys than you. You know, I said, if you, you know, you're going to have to get in line, go ahead and do it. You know, I don't care, but I'm not leaving. Right. I'm here to share the word of God. And uh, if you don't like it, beat me up, but I'm not leaving. Right. Uh, it didn't hit me at that moment, but what, uh, so he settled down and we talked for like four hours or something like that. And the guy kept insulting me and stuff. So the next week showed the guy, the, the guy that uh, originally that I was there for shows back up and he says, I just wanted to know if you're the real deal. He said, if you would have ran, I don't want nothing to do with you. He says, because if I get involved with you as a Jehovah's witness, right, I lose everything, wife, kids, home, you know, dog, I mean, everything. And even the dog. So we, uh, so we ended up having like six, seven hours that day. And then next time it was 12 hours. And the next Saturday it was 14 hours. And then it ended up that I quit going to church for six months or uh, about six months because uh, he wanted to meet Saturday and Sunday. And then it ended up being Saturday and Sunday and then a day during the week. Right. And so finally, finally, he didn't tell me, but he, I had given him hundreds of tapes to listen to, and he was listening to them, and he thought he might be demon-possessed because it was making sense, right? And, right. Uh, so he goes, okay, yeah, I'll go to church with you, right? Now, that's a big deal, right? Because uh, All the phone. Was, <laughs> was the rafters at the churches. So he goes, and uh, now this was uh, at, back in Calvary Chapel days, and it was at Royal Reese's Church. Oh yeah, I know Rory's. Yeah. So, uh, so Paul Reese walks out of the the uh, you know stage and he's adjusting the mic, and then all of a sudden he in, you know Raw dresses, uh, you know Levi's and you know yeah his shirt, but he he, he looks like uh, he does you know no tie and suit, no nothing like that. So this witness is thinking right that this is the mic boy, you know. It goes out and adjusts the mic. <laughs> oh my so gosh! Give him the talk, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, about halfway through the talk, that I see him crying. You know, I mean tears. I mean, he wasn't going boo, ha ha, boo, or whatever, but tears are coming out of his eyes. And I'm thinking, oh man, I mean, uh, you know, he's he's falling apart, and he's just staying here because of me, and you know, I'm having all these thoughts, right? But I said, you know what, you know. I'll talk to him afterwards. And he got up and he looked at me. He goes, I can't take it. I can't take it here. And I said, oh, okay, we'll go. And we go and get in the car. He says, I've been a witness for, you know, 30-something years. I was born in the organization. And he says, uh, he says, uh, first of all, I thought it was the Mike boy that came out. And then when he started talking, right, I was a little taken back, you know. And uh, he says, but what killed me is the man in front of me put his arm around his son. He says in the watchtower, we're not even, uh, at that time, we're not even supposed to do that in a congregation to be touching each other, you know. I wonder why. Well, they want, uh, it's kind of like the Third Reich, you know, they got great uniforms. Uh, they want a great uniform. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... Uh, they've loosened up on a lot of that stuff because it's uh, they they try new tricks, you know. So they're always changing, and so uh, that that destroyed him. He says, "I I 
I'm losing everything. He goes, I, I'll never be able to go back, right? He goes, I, I got it. So he had walked up uh, uh, the next week. He walked up, or maybe it was that week. And he said, well, I got to be honest with you. I accepted Christ at like two or three in the morning, listening to uh, one of those ex-Jehovah's Witnesses uh, 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 singing and playing piano. Uh, and it was uh, uh, El Shaddai, right, or something like that. And uh, he says, uh, it just got to me finally. He says, I knew that I'd been beat. I knew that, you know, that he goes, and I've been, see, they turn in a time card every month, right? They try to get around it, but they turn in a time card. You can get them right online. And uh, I got got them on my iPhone. And and so he was calculating my hours. Now, I'd spent six months by this time. And he says, nobody has ever been that concern for me and I, wow. and I wasn't doing it for that reason I was doing it because I want him to be free in Christ I want his eyes to be open to the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness and Nick I'm going to tell you this is what's really upsetting to me is I had a Christian a while back it's been a few years back said well the Mormons came to my door right but I was busy you know what if you're that busy uh, and it's more important than eternal life, you know. Kind uh, of get out of my face, but I wouldn't say that. But I would want, I would want to encourage them to 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 say, listen, this is eternal life. I, I picked up a, a, I had to take a kid home from church one day. Pretty sharp kid, actually. I mean, in fact, he's a genius kid. And uh, I'm taking him home, and we see some Job's witness, and I just pull over, and he, he says, "Are we going to do what I think we're going to do?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> we get out and witness to him, right? And uh, and so there's not all the time am I like that, you know? I'll be in a bad mood, and right, you know, I've, I've said I'm not witnessing anybody today, and then you end up witnessing somebody. Point, Nick, is this: is that uh, uh, we have to be ready to give every man an answer. We have people that are coming to our door, and we say, "No, thank you. We got a religion." Right. And uh, if you don't know anything, give them your testimony. If you don't know anything, because I've met witnesses uh, that have come out because some old lady says, well, I accepted Jesus back then. And and this is what happened in my life. And and I was very this and that and whatever her situation was. And she goes, can I get you a glass of cold water? Right. And right. The witness said, well, we're trained that these people are evil. And they're telling us about the love of God. They're telling us they're giving us a glass of water. Reminds me of Matthew 25, you know, not the same context, but, you know, about uh, giving a glass of water to one of my brothers. You know, that's uh, I've kind of taken that a little out of context, but. Take it way out of context, actually. So, uh, so, anyways, now, uh, so what we have to do is understand this, 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 this thing is that they're programmed. They fear that they're going to get demons from you, right? They fear to go to a church. You know, some uh, we we went to a, a funeral a few years back, and uh, there's some Jehovah's Witnesses or friends with the person, and they wouldn't come because it was in a church. You know. I walk into Burning Man and witness. I walk into uh, Islamic environment and witness. I walk into neo Nazis and witness. Uh, and that's going to be fun. Oh yeah, and it's and and you know what? After a while, you know, by the grace of God, you know these things work out, and uh, you learn from it. And this is where I'm going with this, Dick. Is getting back to this when you put yourself out there to sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and you have a love for these people and you don't want to see them stay in darkness and so forth you're going to go out and you're going to get battered I've cried over these people I have virtually went home jumped on my bed and weeped as a growing man I've done that before Yeah, I remember when I was working over at Disney before and and, and... I would talk to customers who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, but diehard atheists, and I felt the same exact way, Bob. 
And I think that when we hide our faith in Christ, and I know a lot of people do this where they're like, well, you know, I don't want to offend them. I don't really want to say anything. You know, is that really light and salt to say something? It's like, yes, absolutely. It's light and salt. No, what if I offend them? And that's really what this whole, what annoys me about the my generation, the millennial generation is we seem to be so afraid of offending someone. I'm just going to put this out there really fast. I know it's not politically correct because I'm not a politically correct person. Offending someone doesn't do anything. They don't get a cold. They don't get the plague. They're not going to die in five seconds after they're offended by something. Offended is just a state of mind at the at that point, right? You can be offended by anything political, anything religious. You can be offended by Jesus, a lot of different things. Just because someone says, I'm offended. Oh, my gosh. I'm so deeply offended. It doesn't mean anything. It might mean that tactfully you want to push forward and you want to you know wait for the Holy Spirit to come in and say, okay, when is the best time to really talk? But I feel that that happens too often now, and that's what holds a lot of Christians back too, is the whole notion of if I go talk to my coworker, if I go talk to my friend, if I talk to my family, will I also offend them? What if I went on social media and said something? Would I offend? Who would I offend? What if my bosses saw it on social media? Will they be offended? And I think that we need to get out of the mindset of going, look, we can offend people, but we also have to put our trust into Jesus Christ. That everything is going to be perfectly fine. It's going to be okay. Be tactful with the people around as knowing how to witness to them. Some people you can't preach to them. Sometimes you have to just, in your actions, you show Christ. But at the same time, don't be afraid of lovingly sharing the gospel with them. And don't be afraid if, you know, someone says, oh, I'm so offended. I remember I was hearing this uh, atheist comedian who got so sick and tired of hearing about someone being offended. He goes, you know, there, there's a guy who calls him and goes, oh, there's these people next door. They're playing the music so loud. I'm offended. He goes, so? So what? And he goes, well, I'm offended. He goes, and? It's not going to hurt you. It's not like tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to have the black mnemonic plague. It's not like tomorrow that the world's going to explode because you're offended. Just get over it. So I think also at the same time, as Christians, it's like, well, what if I share Jesus with someone? What if they get offended? So what? People can be offended by Jesus. I've met, I mean, if, and Bob, you've probably seen this too, Living Waters Ministry. Ray Comfort shares the gospel with people all day long in Huntington Beach. And people can be offended. But that's the state of mind. Eventually, you see people come forward, and I'm pretty sure you've encountered this problem, where people have been offended. They come back and go, you know what? Thank you so much for what you did. I was just really upset, and the Holy Spirit does that to people. It convicts them. They get upset. They can be offended by the gospel. In fact, it teaches about this in the Bible. But I don't think we should ever let ourselves be held back from preaching the good news, which is what gospel means, if someone in this age is offended. Stop letting offense it. Stop the idea of, of they might be offended holding you back. And Bob, I think this is where we both 100% agree on is salvation is far more important. Eternity is far more important than just a state of mind or a state of emotional being, which is just momentary in the in the scheme of the law, bigger picture of eternity. Would you rather that person like spare their feelings, then they die tomorrow and they go and they don't end up in heaven and you had a chance? I'd rather preach them the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ, and they be offended temporarily, but eventually come to Christ. Well, the gospel is, is offensive. Of course. Uh, and and so it's already, you know, and, and when you look at what Paul says, that it is uh, the gospel is offensive. And it, and it is. I didn't like it, you know, before I became a Christian and, and, and so forth. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give an example here because what, okay, we got to have a lot of wisdom, right? Because you read the Bible and you say that, well, okay, they threw Paul over a wall and, and he, he left uh, because of his life and so forth. There are times that we have to, to walk away and, and so forth. And there's times that we have to have wisdom about like in the workplace. You know, I've been working the same place for 35 years and so forth. And I think I'm known as a religious fanatic, right? But I'm not completely talking to everybody about it all the time, but people will come up and I actually had, uh, uh, you know, somebody actually come up and says, uh, an Arab guy and said, asked me uh, back when I was down in Los Angeles, are you a Jew? <laughs> I said, why would you ask me that? 
He goes, well, you work all the overtime you can, right? I said, that's because I have a family. <laughs> right. And, uh, and and he says, you're very polite and this and that. So you got to be a Jew or something, right? And uh, and I said, no, I'm, I'm not. And I said, you know, he goes, so what are you? I said, I'm not telling you, you know. And it started bothering him you know, over and over and over. He just kept, the, he'd come in the next night, are you this, are you that, you know. Eh, wrong, wrong, wrong. But anyways, uh, you know, uh, it came out that I was a Christian and so forth. But uh, the the point being is that we have to we have to have wisdom. You know, I've I've dealt with some neo Nazis and they threatened me and they did this, they did that, and so forth. And you got to know, um, you know, when you go into this, that there is a danger, and you you, you know, uh, the word of God does say it'd be better if you were single, but we're married. And uh, therefore, we have a wife and family to take care of and so forth. So there, there's a lot to it. But uh, I fight. I wrestle with it. Uh, uh, Romans chapter seven, Paul says, the things I should do, I don't. The things I don't do, I should. And uh, it's the introduction, basically, to Romans eight. And so, you know, I wrestle with, with things where when I didn't speak up, I should have. Or, you know, um uh, you know, I should have went there, you know, or I've had people that would, you know, I didn't go see. And uh, they end up dying the next week after I talked to them, you know. So yeah. we don't know. But, uh, you know, if uh, so th this witnessing thing is is for everybody. You know, uh, I, I didn't want to go out door to door. I just had a guy call me up because we we're in class together. He says, I'm going door to door. You're coming, right? <laughs> the, guy, the guy lives in Phoenix. His name's uh, Scott. And uh, and so, okay, right? Scared to death, man. Scared to death. He goes, ah, we got to go to the abortion clinic. we go pick at the abortion clinic. Oh, got to go to the Mormon church, right? Go to the Mormon church. And then we're going to the kingdom hall. And it became a habit after a while. And so, you know, it's not like one day Bob woke up and said, wow, I'm going to, you know, go out and start witnessing, you know, and I don't do it as often as a lot of my friends do, you know, there's people out right. there that are out there three times a week, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, uh, so uh, we had some guys from San Diego, just, you know, I thought, you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm pretty, you know, pretty well, uh, First and witnessing and so forth. These guys come out and it was like working with special forces or something, right? Right. So it convicted me and it convicted my son, you know, and they knew the word very well. Okay, so let's get back to this real quick because we've got just a few minutes and then I guess if we could do a part two, it'd be great. But sure. What have we learned? We learned that, uh, and I'm going to state this, okay, everybody's got to get this in their brain. Everybody before the resurrection and everybody after 1935, right, are a right. great crowd and they're going to live on paradise earth. They're not born again. They're not sons of God. They don't have the spirit of God. But everybody after the resurrection to up to 1935 are the 144,000 spirit begotten people. Okay. So, uh, so when a witness came up to my door, and we're going to go through this uh, probably in the next session, but I want to give you an uh, issue here. Is that I say, what must a man do to be saved? They take me to First John uh, five three, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. So we got to please God, right? And His commandments right. are not burdensome, you know. And so it, so that's first where they take you. But I said, well, let's back up and read verse one, right? Um, let's see, verse one here. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And I asked the witness, and this, you know, this is in my paper. I think it was like 2015, 2014. I took those notes. And I said, are you born of God? He goes, no. And I said, so this, this isn't for you. And the guy admitted to me later. He says, well, the Bible's not written to me. And it says, uh, wow, and, and everybody who loves him, who begot also uh, loves him, who is begotten of him. So by this, we know that we love 
the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And so the point is, if you know what they believe, right, you could go to that verse and they take you to it. Instead of you trying to answer it, well, yeah, we're supposed to keep his commandments and the greatest of the two commandments is, you know, love that God with all my heart, mind, and soul, love my neighbor as myself. Well, he's taking you on a rabbit trail. So you okay. you diffuse it. You go back and say, are you born of God? No more on that. It's it's over. He lost that. Then you could say, well, let me share something with you, right? And then, uh, you know, you can, you can move on and, uh, and start sharing verses with them. And so, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, the one thing I'd, I'd like to ask the people to, to do is basically go through, do a study on uh, uh, in the flesh and in the spirit and really get what you have in the spirit of God. You have peace and joy and, and, uh, and in Romans chapter 8, which we'll be going through later. It says that you are at enmity with God. You're at war with God if you're of the flesh. So when you are born into this flesh, we're already or with God. Right. So let me throw this out. I had two Mormon, Mormon missionaries at my house a while back, and, and, uh, and they said, well, we're all children of God. And I said, no. I said, no, we're all creations of God the, until we accept Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 8. Uh, that it's those who are born of the Spirit. So, young men, and I will not call a, a Mormon missionary elder anything. I say, young men, I'm older than you, and I live a lot longer than you, <laughs> and I'm not going to call you elder. <laughs> and so I got, I got the pecking order straight there because they're not an elder and so forth. And I'm not being mean. I just want them to know that this is not uh, them uh, being the people that, uh, you know, uh, are, you know, working their way to being a god or something. And I'm just somebody that's a fool sitting there. So anyways, I said, we read through Romans 8, 1 through 16. And I said, so if either one of you leave this house and you teach that we're all children of God, you're a liar and a deceiver now. Because you know better. And it was, That's got to be fun for them. Yeah, I was like, yes, sir. Right. And so I wanted, my son was with me back then. And, and so he'd never dealt with Mormons. And, and uh, so I said, oh, you got to set in on this. Right. So I go, uh, you know, before they left, I said, kids, I got a question to ask you. And of course, now I'm asking them a question. And they're pretty excited. Right. I said, you two wearing your holy Mormon underwear? And oh my gosh! And, and my son's looking at me like, "Are you out of your mind? What do you mean, holy <laughs> And uh, and they said that's personal. Well, I said it might be personal, but if you're on a missionary trip, you should be wearing your holy Mormon underwear. And so they admitted it. And I said, "Now, can I pick those up at J.C. Penney's?" Right? And, oh gosh! And, and I was saying it in really very kind. Not, I, I was I being sarcastic, but they already knew by an hour and a half or two hours, right? So they get up to leave. I said, "Can I hug you guys?" I always try to leave leave with a hug, right? And they did, and uh, they thanked me, right? And uh, so right, so I could have just said, "Hey, I'm too busy," and uh, blow them off, right? But I did something there that they're going to remember the rest of their missionary days and the rest of their life. And the next Christian, I hope, does not say, I'm busy. I can't talk to you. Imagine if we then did that to Jesus. We went to Jesus asking for help, and Jesus said, um, not right now. I'm busy. You're right. Well, I think we're hitting our one hour. Yep. So here's the thing for the part two guys coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth into this and leading into um, really just more in depth into the Jehovah's Witness. So um, if you are brand new, you're on this channel, you have never heard of me before. My name is Nick Coons again. I'm the host. 
But I want to lead you guys really fast and remembering uh, one simple fact. Also, that Jesus Christ loves you. If, you've, if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you are hearing this for the very first time, realize that the hope is not gone. Jesus Christ loves you and that the arms are always open wide. So until next time we talk again, may God richly bless you and be with peace with you. Until next time we talk again. God bless.